Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. The show that is so bad, if it was roadkill, even an old buzzard wouldn't eat it. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I'm your host, Brian Levine, uh, coming to you from the recording studio and uh, pipe show planning office built here at my home just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. And on this week's show, we're going to talk about a pipe show in Pipe Parts. Yep, I went to the NASPC show in Columbus and you'll get my review of that whole weekend. Uh, my guest is uh, pipe maker Doug Finlay, who I got to meet at the Chicago Pipe Show, and uh, he's making he's making some pipes. Uh, and then uh, music mailbag and rave, all that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. Um, all right, so uh, pipe show related news. Hey, Saturday night awards dinner. Uh, Saturday night dinner at the show, and remember, we have to we have to hold the dinner because we have a food and beverage requirement of um, of a, an amount of money to spend with the club, uh, or with the sorry, not with the club, with the uh, with the hotel, and it's only for food and beverage sold up in our meeting space or up in the ballroom area. So. The Saturday Night Awards Dinner, not only will you see the announcement of the award of the best pipe of show, the best exhibitor, uh, the best uh, industry exhibitor, and the best hobbyist exhibitor at the show, but now you will get to hear Nate King, the pipe maker, talk about, and let me get the title exactly right, it's uh, Nate King, my, uh, wait, here it is. From IndyCar to Pipes, How My Time in Racing Prepared Me for Pipe Making. So this is going to be the first time where Nate's really talked about that. And uh, it'll be about a 20-25 minute presentation. And only available at the Saturday Night Dinner. Tickets are available now. VegasPipeShow.com. Go to the website. Check it out. And uh, yeah, so you get to hear Nate talk. All right, let's get the show rolling. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in. And here we go. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corn Cob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. All right, NASPC, the Columbus Pipe Show weekend report. Here we go. So we left the house on Thursday with the idea that, you know, we'd take a leisurely drive. It's a seven-hour drive from our from our house to the hotel in Columbus. And the best part of the seven-hour drive is about four, four and a half hours of it is through... Uh, is through the mountains of Virginia, West and West Virginia. And that drive 
and the weather really worked out for us uh, both ways, mostly both ways. A little bit of bumpy uh, weather coming back, but uh, that drive up there is absolutely beautiful. Uh, you're driving through the mountains of West Virginia, and there's rivers and ponds and trees and mountains and animals along the side. In fact, on the way there, we were counting uh, we lost track of counting all the deer that were on the side of the roads, and thankfully they were all on the side of the roads. So uh, one of the highlights for the trip is the drive. And then you get into southern Ohio, and it's not so much of a highlight anymore. Um, but anyway, so this year I went, uh, you know, got a little bit of a constricted budget uh, because uh, I've spent you know plenty lately and you know we're planning the uh, planning for vegas so a uh, little bit of a constricted budget i did have one pipe that i had talked to uh shane at uh, smoking pipes about and wanted to see what he thought about it uh so that was pretty much my goal and last year if you remember by thursday night slash friday morning i'd already spent a little bit over 300 dollars on about 25 tins of tobacco all tins that I wanted and enjoy and like. So this year, you know, I didn't have anything in mind. Um, but when we got there Thursday night, you know, we, we stopped for dinner before we got to the hotel because we knew it was going to be kind of late, got there, and there was a good group of people already hanging out in the, uh, uh, in the smoking tent that they had set up outside. So this year the big improvement was the outdoor smoking area had, uh, had a tent covering that covered, you know, five or six tables and made it really nice in case it started to spritz a little bit, which it did on uh, Saturday night. So, uh, so that was a nice improvement over last year, uh, Friday morning, not much going on that I, you know, nobody, nobody that I'd heard had opened up their room to start pre-selling stuff. So, uh, wife and I went off to a, uh, went off to the cheesecake factory and a, and a beautiful outdoor shopping center. And that's surrounding a mall and wandered around there for the afternoon, got lunch. And then we came back and we got ready for the, uh, for the opening of the show on at five o'clock on Friday evening. So just picture, if you will, at uh, 3 30, 3 there's a, uh, there's there, all the tables out at the smoking area were full with people in anticipation of waiting to get into the room. So five o'clock comes and I head into the room for about an hour and a half, making a loop or two. And again, I went with my, went with my rules. All right. My rules, since I didn't have anything specifically that I was targeting, I went and I wanted to make sure I did one full loop of the room before I made any purchases. And of course me being me and all the discussions and conversations and hellos and hugs and stuff. Uh, it took me, uh, <laughs> it took me until the following morning to get all the hellos. Uh, I will say that I ended up, uh, I ended up trading in the pipe to, uh, to smoking pipes for store credit. Uh, they gave me more than I thought they would have. So I think they're, uh, I don't know, maybe they're wanting estate pipes more and more. So uh, anyway, I was really happy with that, traded that in. I've got credit now with smoking pipes, so when the updates come out, yep, I'm first on them because I got money to spend, baby. Uh, of surprise to see at the pipe show was uh, Wayne Powers, 
who was a past guest on the show. And uh, Wayne, I hadn't met him in person, so I got to spend some time talking to Wayne both Friday and Saturday night, and just a fascinating person. And remember, he was you know, a TV actor involved in Laverne and Shirley and a musician and then a talk show host. And in between that was the importer for McConnell's pipe tobaccos for yeah, a couple of years. Uh, so I got to spend time talking to Wayne. Uh, big representation. All the tables were full. There was a couple folks on Friday night that got delayed getting in. So on Saturday morning when the show opened, I was down there as bright and early as possible and then made the rest of the rounds of the show. Now, here's the interesting observation to me. Um, two things. One, it looked like uh, there was no real um, super deals on tobaccos to be had. I mean, there were some there were some people that were selling some aromatics and stuff for five and ten dollars a tin, but as far as in comparison to last year, I came home with one ten dollar four ounce bottle of. Are you ready for this, Levi Garrett snuff? Why did I buy it? Because it came in a brown glass bottle, and I like the label. I have no intentions of ever opening it up, but that's what I bought. Uh, there was more stuff that I could have spent time going through, but again, I I was really more focused on the people and saying hi to everybody, hanging out with Fred Hanna for as much as possible. Uh, so that was kind of Saturday. And then Saturday night, uh, went to dinner with, uh, with the folks from Smoking Pipes and uh, Shannon and... Uh, and her husband from Missouri Mearsham, Scotty Pearsall, and Scott Thiele, who uh, I hadn't had a chance to really catch up with Scott in a long time, uh, went to a restaurant that I recommended, and it, it was great, but the service was a little slow. But apparently the, uh, the restaurant's gotten popular since the last time we were there. <laughs> but anyway, uh, food was good, drinks were good, and just a good time just being able to sit and get caught up with these folks that, you know, Hadn't had much time with. Um, overall, you know, again, then Saturday night went back to the smoking tent and sat out there until 2 a.m. visiting with Nate King, and that's where the idea for uh, Nate being our featured speaker came up and hanging out with pipe guys and pipe people and uh, and a, a, a higher than normal number of ladies that smoke pipes were there. So that was just great to see. And then Sunday was, uh, you know, out of the hotel at a comfortable hour so I could catch up on sleep from being up till one and two o'clock in the morning. And then we got home and we we're home by eight o'clock. Um, you know, just again, one of my favorite pipe shows of the year. One of my, uh, one of my must do's on the calendar every year, Jeff and Eddie and the entire NASPC group do a great job at putting together a casual comfortable and uh easy paced pipe show and uh always fun to hear the raffle prizes i didn't win this year that's okay but again a good weekend and i've got you know as soon as they set the date for next year i'll be back uh if you're worried about the hotel the hotel is a little old but that shower was just wonderful tons of water pressure and you know, you have you have me at shower pressure you know at water pressure in the shower so once again thanks to Jeff and Eddie and the NASPC if you're not a member of the NASPC well you're missing out on their pipe collector newsletter that comes out 6 times a year and i think it's 10 12 bucks electronically or 20 something in paper 
So there you go. All right. In just a minute, Doug Finlay. This is Internet Radio. Take a look at your pipe rack. Are all those briars and mirrors constant companions in your rotation? Or are there some that you gravitate to more than others? Are there some that you simply don't smoke anymore? Through SmokingPipes.com's estate trade program, you can transform those underused pipes into immediate cash or store credit. Just send us your pipes and we'll unpack, inspect, and evaluate them based on extensive market research and over 20 years of experience. Then we'll contact you with a detailed offer for your choice of cash or store credit valid on any items in our vast selection of pipes, tobacco, cigars, and accessories. If you're not happy with our quote, we'll return your pipes free of charge to domestic addresses. It's that simple. Join the thousands of Smoking Pipes customers who have benefited from this program and start your trade today by contacting us at 888-366-0345. That's 888-366-0345. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show and joining us is a pipe maker that um, many of you may not have heard of but he is one of the past winners of the North American Pipe Carvers Contest. Uh, I, I've, I've had a few people come up to me, Doug, and tell me, you know, this guy's making some pipes. you got to go take a look at him. So I made a point of coming over and seeing your pipes at Chicago. But uh, Doug Finlay, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Thank you, Brian. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, and I and I'm I'm being honest when I say I had a few people come over to me, and uh, they're people that I respect their opinions, but we all know what opinions are, um, and I'm the leading expert on mine. Uh, but they came over and said, you know, go see what Doug's doing, go take a look at him. I was like, okay, yeah. So, so anyway, welcome to the show, and uh, let's get to know you. Where'd you Where'd you grow up? Where are you from? Have you grown up yet? Definitely have not grown up yet. Yay. I've, I've grown up uh, here. I'm actually in the greater Kansas City, Missouri area. Uh, I'm, in fact, just now I'm, I'm outside of, uh, act, just actually outside of the city limits in uh, Independence, Missouri. And so you, so you spent your whole life right there in, uh, in, uh, as, my, as my family, my dad's family, which is from Kansas City. Uh, big controversy. My grandmother was from Kansas City, Kansas. My grandfather was from Kansas City, Missouri. Well, I like your grandpa already. Yeah. Uh, well, he, <laughs> you know, so they always said it was Kansas City, Missouri. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's funny that there, there's definitely a kind of a rivalry here. So I always make it a point to say Kansas City, Missouri. <laughs> the, the more expensive side where we actually have our teeth. Um, yeah, yeah. I didn't say that out loud. Yeah, I didn't say that out loud. Mike and Mary McNeil, who live in on the Kansas City, Kansas side. Um, (laughs) Anyway, um, so what did you want to? What did you want to be when you grow up? And what did you end up doing? Uh, I still haven't decided what I'll be when I grow up. But what I did do is I got into automotive repair. Shortly after high school, started actually in August of 85, uh, doing the simple stuff, you know, the oil changes, tire repairs and whatnot. Uh, anyway, I'm, a, I'm an automotive tech uh, with 37 years experience, 
master tech now with uh, the level one. So you're like um, the you're like the guy that they call in when we when we can't figure this out. It's like go get Doug. Pretty much, uh, I am the lead tech at the shop that I am currently at, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a challenge day in day out. Like you and I have discussed, that uh, you know the the amount of uh, electronics on a new vehicle are are astonishing. You know, miles and miles and miles of wire, uh, <laughs> different computers. And uh, you'd be surprised how many critters can wreak havoc on uh, <laughs> on some of that wiring. Yeah, you're basically working on a rolling supercomputer. Yep, it's actually several supercomputers. <laughs> I I only see one start stop button on it, so I figure that's one big computer, right? <laughs> and the funny thing is, is there's a lot of them out there nowadays that if one of those supercomputers doesn't talk to the others, uh, the car no start when you push that button. <laughs> More ways to make money. Uh, I'm, I'm being, uh, <laughs> all right. So, so you, yeah, so you've seen a ton of changes in, in the, uh, in car repair, just, I mean, light years of difference. Yeah. When I, when I started out in 85, it was, just at the time that they were starting to get uh, partially computerized carburetors, which, of course, nobody uses anymore. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's been a learning transition from, from day one on, uh, constant uh, schooling and, and testing and whatnot. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's an uphill battle all the way, and it's it's probably about time for me to start thinking about getting out of it. It's time for the younger guys to take over. <laughs> yeah. So when did, how did pipe smoking come into your life? Actually, when I was younger, uh, actually when I was still in high school, my sister had a friend that worked at a pipe shop and that's how I actually got into it. Actually smoking cigars and pipes. But after a few years, that kind of dropped off, and I didn't smoke cigars. I didn't smoke pipes. I smoked a lot of cigarettes, uh. and uh, yeah, I ended up having to quit cigarettes uh, due to health reasons, and I didn't smoke anything. I've got a, a big humidor that I had built uh, several years ago that's fully stocked of sticks, and uh, I didn't smoke anything for two years after I quit smoking cigarettes. Wow. I was definitely worried about falling back into it. But then uh, we were out and about, me and my wife were out and about, and I thought we're buzzing up by a, a tobacco shop. And I said, you know what? I think I want to start smoking a pipe. And she looked at me like <laughs> I was cursing. <laughs> and uh, I stopped in and, uh, ended up picking up a cob and a couple of whatever it was that they had there. And I tried it out again and, uh, it just kind of clicked with me. And I started looking online like everybody does. Started looking at all these nice pipes along with the nice price that went with those nice pipes. 
<laughs> and I thought to myself, eh, I could do that. And I don't really have any artistic ability per se. Uh, so I picked up a, a pre-drilled block with the stem, and I've actually still got it. And I thought, wow, this is nice. <laughs> I look back at it now, and I, I almost don't want to show anybody uh, what it looks like because it's, it's pretty gnarly. It's just a poker, but uh, it, is, it is not good. But anyway, that's what started it off. And since I couldn't smoke in the house, I had to smoke in the garage. So I sat down here with uh, with my computer and my games, and I played games and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, I just kind of rolled into – that was in November of 2017 when I picked the pipe up again. And December, uh, Christmas coming up uh, – the wife asked what I wanted for Christmas, and I pointed out a grizzly mini lathe, <laughs> and that's what I got for Christmas. And uh, from there, it's gone up. Uh, I currently have, I still have that one, and I've also got a uh, a uh, 1940s. I think I've pinned it down to 1943 Logan lathe that wow. a uh, former machinist had done some work to, so it's a lot easier to change the belting on it. And he actually did uh, blocks on it that raised it up, so I now have a 14-inch swing, which uh, I can get pretty much anything I'm going to work on on. So that's that's how it started out, and I piddled around and piddled around with it, and, and uh, I was on the uh, Pipe Makers Forum, and uh, Scotty Purcell was on there, and she asked if I had gone to the Kansas City uh, club meetings. And I said that I had not. I didn't even know about it. So I ended up going over there, and as a lot of people will know, George Debos is in the club over there, too, since he is local. Yeah. And I got to, I got to meet George, and uh, he had been following me on the uh, Pipe Makers Forum, and when I went over, uh, he wanted to see some of the pipes in hand that I had made. And it was uh, <laughs> it was kind of funny. He, he was looking at me, and he, he kind of laughed and said, uh, you're pretty much totally the opposite of everybody else that I've seen uh, start out making pipes. He says, your stem work is better than your overall shaving. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway... Uh, with, with a lot of help from George, uh, being local here, I've visited his shop, uh, shop a few times, and he has been really instrumental in my uh, stem work, which I know a lot of the, the other carvers and the other people that have come in have, have uh, commented on my stem work. So it's nice to have uh, somebody close that you can quickly refer to yeah, somebody, somebody close and somebody who's at that expert level as George is is really nice to have. And then, of course, you got Scotty too, who she, she's she's not she's no slouch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's definitely found her uh, her way through it. And you know, I know she, talking with her, she's uh, she was pretty much the same thing. She wanted to make her husband a, a pipe and and that's how it started out for her so now she's got this big huge 
wood lathe and her own shop and whatnot. So that's it's kind of funny how how it works out. And you know, she, I don't even think she was a smoker before then. But uh, <laughs> she she was at home being a mother. Uh, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna take a break right here. When we come back, we'll have uh, more with Doug, including his uh, pathway to the. The North American Carvers Contest. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Since its beginnings in 1876, Savinelli has become more than just a pipe factory. It's become a lifestyle. From sourcing the finest Mediterranean briar and partnering with local artisans to acquire unique accents, to expanding their catalog each year with new innovative series, Savinelli produces high-quality Italian pipes that serve as a reflection of your individual tastes. With a portfolio that ranges from rugged designs fit for the outdoors to elegant pieces destined for black tie galas, Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show visiting with uh, pipe maker Doug Finlay. And uh, all right, Doug, so how do we get from, if I'm doing my math correctly, November of 2017, you make a pipe out of a pre, out of a, <laughs> out of a pre-drilled set. And then in October of 2019, you're winning in the, or September, you're one of the North American one of the seven pipes in the North American Pipe Carvers Contest? Yep. Uh, I guess luck. Were there only seven uh, entries? Kind of yeah, I had... Uh, uh, I just had a, a wild idea that I did, and since it was a, pretty much a, a free-for-all on what shape you could do, uh, I ended up doing what I call a whip-tailed acorn, and uh, I guess I, I got all my lines right, and, and that's what mattered to them. And, uh, yeah, so somehow I lucked myself into it. But uh, it, uh, it gave me a little more pep, made me work a little harder, and to get me to where I'm at now. Uh, and I think the stuff that I put out now is... Uh, on par with a lot of them. I'm, I'm maybe a little ahead of uh, my time as far as the time that I've put in. So, <laughs> yeah, I enjoy it. it, it it's really an escape for me. You know, at night after working a full-time job, uh, I come down. My wife is an avid book reader, so she's busy reading the book. And regardless of whether I'm sitting on the couch next to her or if I'm down here, that's what she's doing. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, it really didn't really take a whole lot of time away from us. Of course, we're older. We don't have to be right on each other anymore. So, <laughs> but yeah, she thought I was kind of crazy when I started out. And I asked her here just a while back, uh, I said, did you ever think that you'd be married to a pipe smoker, let alone a pipe maker? She said, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, she enjoys it. She, you know, of course, I, everything I take to her uh, uh, for her to look at, and she goes, oh, yeah, that looks nice. Of course, I think part of the time she's just being nice. But, 
But she uh, she really likes hanging out in the uh, uh, the pipe smoking community. Uh, she has a blast from like we were just in Chicago too. Yeah, and we are hoping, uh, depending upon the airlines and uh, a couple other factors, we're trying to maybe get out to the to the Vegas show this year. But that's going to depend on a couple other factors. So hopefully we'll be there. If not, we'll definitely try and make it out next year. Yeah, I mean that, and that's got to be kind of tough for you because you've also got to you're you're balancing the full time job, and then this is your this is your fun time. So if you take a if you take a three day weekend and go somewhere, you don't get any fun time in the shop. Nope, I don't get any fun time. But I mean. It's nice to get out sometimes. I'm pretty introverted uh, normally, and uh, I've kind of pushed myself out of my shell a little bit by getting out to the to the pipe shows. But, you know, of course, we know we started up, and then we had two years of nothing, yeah. so I lost my edge a little bit. But I think uh, it's a little easier to get back into the swing of it now than it was before. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much a loner most of the time. So, yeah. So, how does that? I mean, I I imagine you know, pipe making is a solitary process. Yeah, unless you're unless you're working in a factory or you've got uh, oompa loompas down there with you. Uh, but then when you go to a pipe show, that's a pretty big social event. So you, you got to kind of shift gears. Yep, it is, and it's uh, it's a little tough uh, for me being who I am. But I mean, I still enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You know, don't get me wrong, and uh, I don't uh, I don't want to put anybody off by thinking that I don't want to talk to them. I'm just that's just the way I'm wired. Uh, but uh, yeah, if you ever come up to me and you have any questions about anything feel free. I, I don't have a problem with uh, explaining a process or uh, anything with, with somebody once once the conversation started. I, I'm not much of a conversationalist to begin with, but I will speak when spoken to, as my mother always said. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, one of, you're one of them good old Midwest boys. Pretty much. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so let, let's go back because I want to I want to dig into the stems thing because do you spend about as much time making a stem as you do working on the on the briar portion of the pipe? Absolutely, and depending upon what it is, I may actually spend uh, one and a half times as much time on a stem. Uh, there's some things that I do that require extra extra bins extra time uh, i do a fair amount of larger pipes and uh, i don't know why i just do um, but when you start getting into the thicker uh, longer stems getting the lines right is uh, a problem there there's a process you got to go through a lot of times where you'll you'll start shaping a little bit and then you have to do a bend and then you shape some more and then you bend some more and then shape some more. And 
tweak your bend maybe. So yeah, I mean, there's a there's a lot of times on some of the ones that I do, but I'm on a normal pipe. Yeah, it's about fifty fifty. And then and then your button work, which is the important part to me. Um, <laughs> your your button works pretty darn good, and you know you're you're dealing down there in thin tolerances. Yep. Yeah, I'll try and keep my uh, bite zone around the 150 to 155 thousandths. <laughs> and right around, it, it, it depends on the pipe, too. If it's a bigger pipe, you want to have a, a taller button just to make it proportionally look right. So somewhere usually between 280 thousandths and 300 thousandths, uh, depending upon the pipe. <laughs> so yeah and I'm, I'm pretty particular about it i i try to keep it as close to that as possible uh, <laughs> and to me i'd be well it's either a quarter inch or a half inch yeah that's <laughs> that's as close as i'm going with it yeah i like to keep them the the bite zone pretty thin but i don't want to go too thin to where you, know, you have room that you can you can sand off uh, any uh, oxidation and, and rebuff or anything. And I'm horrible myself in maintenance on, on my pipes. Yeah. Of course, most of the pipes, uh, it's funny, you know, I, I do this, but most of the pipes that I smoke are actually what I would call my seconds or failures. Yeah. You know, it's got a hole in one end, it's got a hole in the other end, I stuff the tobacco in it and go. Yeah. Too ugly to be seen in public, but perfectly fine for my mouth. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, when I started out, uh, like I was saying, I was looking at all the expensive pipes. I still don't own any expensive pipes myself. Uh, not that I'm against it. I just, I've just never found the need at this point. Now, I do have, I do have some uh, inexpensive. I'm starting to collect some of the older GBDs, and I find you know the simplicity of 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 those earlier models to to be what appeals to me. So this kind of this might go along with your uh, with your automotive career, but you kind of specialize in imports and in particular uh, certain German and uh, and Swedish brands, right? Yeah. Yeah. So so what kind of car do you own yourself? <laughs> uh, we have BMWs and Volvos. Okay, so you can actually fix your own cars then. Yeah. Well, I would I would hope so after 37 years. <laughs> <laughs> now, please yeah, don't yeah. Uh, I I like the reliability of both of those uh those vehicles and when we first got together, uh, my wife was driving an old, uh, old GM uh, Grand Am. And when that one got wrecked and she decided she wanted a, a new car, I said, look for something that is two years old in a Volvo or a BMW. And she ended up with, uh, with a two-year-old Volvo and got it for less than half the price of it new. <laughs> yep. Yep, and she's uh, she's hooked now on on both the BMWs and Volvo's. So I, I trained her well. 
so are you one of the are you one of those mechanics that still wants the real old school simple to work on cars or are you keeping up with the more current more high-tech cars i do keep up with the more current high-tech stuff now uh when i was younger i did have a my run-in with the older cars and you know the old muscle cars i had a 70 chevelle ss with a big block in it that that i drove for several years of course it would pass anything but the gas station (laughs) (laughs) that would be that would be scary in today's market oh lord yes (laughs) (laughs) ah that's funny (laughs) all right so so Back to back to your pipes for a minute. Uh, you mentioned the older GBDs. Is that is that because you you just appreciate those classic lines and those and yeah and the British yeah, shaping? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've seen a lot of stuff that uh, uh, Greg Peace has has posted up on his Instagram, and it is it, just kind of like falling in love with them as as everyone he posts. It's like I'd like to have one of those. I'd like to have one of those. <laughs> oh, I keep my eyes out. I mean, I'm not in any hurry. You know, if something comes across and, and at the right price, yeah, I'll pick it up. Yeah, but it is There's that. There's still a lot of others that I would like to have out there, you know, a former or uh, something along that line. But I just, you know, I don't really have the need for it at this point. But once I start winding down, maybe after I get done with the automotive and I've got time where I can sit and relax. Because a lot of times, the only time I have to to smoke my pipe is in the car to and from work. Because I can't, I'm one of those that I have um, like a one-track mind. I can't do two things at once. Yeah, I can't smoke and work. See a lot of the guys that you know that are posted on Facebook, you know, smoking pipe and working on the pipe. It's like I can't do it. I'm always hitting my pipe on something, knocking it off in my lap. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, I'll just wait till after I'm done. I'll have a smoke after I'm done, or not, and then you know, go on in for the evening. Well, and that's really important for you to also keep it that way because you're you're a former cigarette smoker where, you know, the, the five minute puff on a cigarette is really convenient to, to just grab and go. And you're not doing that with your pipe. You're saving it for the times when you get to sit and and enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. Or taller. Sometimes sometimes you really need that nicotine when you're driving an hour or two and from work. (laughs) Yeah. It, it does subdue the road rage, doesn't it? (laughs) Most of the time. <laughs> uh, so, are you working off of off of a commission list, or are you just work? You just going down there and playing around and seeing what pops out of the workshop? I do both. In fact, I've got a couple guys now that are uh, we're in discussions on on doing uh, a couple of commissions, and I have done several in the past that is actually down on commissions until these guys popped up. So it's good to do. I mean, sometimes looking at a block, uh, your mind goes blank, uh, kind of a 
carver's block, I guess, instead of a writer's <laughs> block. Yeah. Well, sometimes I'll come down and just look at blocks and never actually touch anything. It's like, well, it's, it's either you know my mind isn't set right or I'm just not seeing the grain in it the way that I will at another time. But I catch myself doing that sometimes. Or, and if I, if I see something that I like and I think I've got an idea, I might do a quick sketch on the side of the block so I remember what I was thinking at the time I picked that block up. And it may or may not change from that. That's kind of like making notes. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Okay. Yeah, if I've got something scribbled on the side of the block, I know I've already looked at it and and got an idea of what to do with it. And I don't really follow any particular uh, style. I don't think if I if I leaned more towards anything, I'd probably be more like the, the Danish American style. But I I'm all over the board, and I've actually got some pipe shapes that I'm I'm working on for as my own shapes. So. Uh, they, those pop up on on Instagram now and then. Uh, <laughs> I've just recently started doing uh, the Instagram thing. I'm not really that technically uh, up to speed on on websites and the social media stuff. So I'm trying to push myself that way too. But finding the time to do that along with the other stuff is sometimes. Uh, hard to do but i am trying to, to get to the point where i can at least get a few picks up of of the stuff that I, as i complete it the instagram for about the last month because we had chicago and right after that we had vacation plan <laughs> and went went on vacation and uh, come back and it took me a few minutes to get back in the swing of things after vacation mode the Instagram is D Finlay D F I N L A Y five three five underscore D W F pipes. Uh, your photography is pretty darn good too. It's a whatever you're doing, and and there's a yeah, there's thirty something pipes up here to look at. Uh, yeah, there's uh, quite a few of those that are gone now. There's there's one in particular that I don't the umpunk which is quite funny uh, and not an easy shape to make and not an easy stem to make either. No, there's a there was actually a lot of planning that had gone into that. Uh, I had made another pipe that was a um umpal type shape, and I I decided I wanted to do something kind of steampunky figuring out the, uh, the actual little uh, connection between the shank portion and the bowl portion to uh, do a military mount on that. So that's actually a military mount Delrin piece that goes from the shank it's glued into the shank, and then it's uh, military mounted into the bottom of the, the bowl. <laughs> Figuring out the depth to put the ring for the military mount and how deep to go with it before shaping it was uh, 
was an exercise that actually worked out. So I, my my calculations were correct this time. Not not so much every time, but my calculations were correct this time. And the and the briar gods were kind with you and let the wood actually work to what you were calculating. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Uh, Doug, where do your pipes start out at price wise? Uh, I am in. Uh, most of my stuff is in the uh, 300 to 350 range. I do have a few that go higher than that. Uh, it depends a lot, of course, on you know the size of the briar, the size of the stem. Uh, so, I mean, I have gone up as high as uh, 600 on one pipe, which sold you know, a couple of years ago. But it was an exceptional piece of wood. And uh, the blast on it was exceptional. It had some really, really tight bird's eye that came out fantastic after the blast. And uh, it sold rather quickly. (laughs) Uh, What do we have to do to get you to quit fixing cars and start making pipes full time? Buy more pipes from me. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. It will be most appreciative. (laughs) Doug, we will wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Uh, Sure. Let's do it. What is your favorite pipe? My favorite pipe? It goes back to uh, what we were discussing earlier. I've got a a couple of GBDs, one in particular that, that I smoke almost daily. Uh, it's my driving pipe. It's a little uh, GBD pot. And what is your favorite tobacco? Uh, I'm way out there as far as what I like the most. Uh, it's, it's a single blend, and it is uh, the Acadian Gold. If you remember uh, RO's Acadian Gold, it's the... Uh, yeah, Virginia Freak. Yeah, and I have uh, several tins of it, and I, I I dole it out sparingly. But that is actually my favorite tobacco as far as a straight tobacco. Other than that, uh, Capstan, I think Capstan Blue would be uh, my second. <laughs> yeah, that ru- that line from Russ Willette used a whole bunch of different types of periques and. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite drink? I am kind of split uh, between either rum and coke or gin and tonic. Let me guess. One during the winter and one during the summer. Uh, not so much. Oh. It's just whatever I'm in the mood for. And actually, I don't really drink a whole lot anymore. Yeah. Uh, but when I do, it's usually, you know... Uh, one of those two. Yeah, I find waking up is easier when it's just been coffee or water that day. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a I'm a heavy coffee drinker. I drink coffee all day long. Oh, and Kansas City's got the roastery that air that air roasted coffee that I like, but it only tastes really good when it's there. Um, yep. When it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Um music 
I was going to say pipe making is not an answer, so you can't use that one because that's what you do when you relax. But And then finally... Yeah, if I'm totally relaxing, yeah, it's, it's going to be music. Finally, do you have a favorite pipe smoking related memory? You know, I really don't. Uh, going back to being introverted, I you know, most of my pipe smoking, I guess it'd be hanging out with myself and smoking a pipe. <laughs> the, the, you know, the only other time I smoke outside of the house usually is either at a pipe show or at the pipe club yeah, or in the car on the way to work. The quiet times in the car with the pipe. Exactly. Doug, thank you very much for coming on and doing this. Keep up the good work, and we'll uh, we'll we'll see you at another pipe show somewhere down the road. I promise. I appreciate it, Brian. It's been a pleasure. And we'll be back in just a minute. Hi, I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell and Deal. We know pipe smoking is a personal journey. That's why our small team of blending and production experts take a personal approach in every step, preparing tobacco products just for you. We source top quality leaf through the personal connections we've made around the world, hand blend that leaf, and carefully package each tin. Each product, from special releases like our small batch line to our most popular mixtures like Autumn Evening, are made right here in South Carolina by professionals dedicated to providing the finest of smoking experiences. Lighting up a pipe is an exploration through evolving flavors, thoughts, memories, and even dreams. From our hands to yours, Cornell and Deal tobaccos are your passport for that voyage, provided by people who, like you, value the journey. This is Internet Radio. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yep, check out everything Doug's doing. And, uh, boy, if he retires from uh, car repair stuff and goes full-time in pipe making, yeah. All right. All right, for music, um, yeah, we lost Olivia Newton-John recently. And I, I'm going to admit that the movie Grease was, a, uh, was one of my favorites growing up and still is. You know, sing along with all the songs and everything. So a uh, friend of mine pointed me towards this song. And if you'll remember from Greece, there's a song that uh, Olivia Newton-John sings called Hopelessly Devoted to You. This is a uh, uh, this is from a band called Rival Sons. And their stuff is normally pretty heavy, hard hitting uh, stuff. But this is a uh, two guitar acoustic version of hopelessly devoted to you. And you know what? I just really like it. So you get to hear it now. Yes, mine is not the first Not 
nothing else for me R-I-V-A-L Sons and man I've heard that four or five times now and I like it each time more you've got mail you've got mail you've got mail and again mailbag comments or questions email them directly to me Brian B-R-I-A-N at pipesmagazine.com or post them on the Pipes Magazine radio show page on pipesmagazine.com and before we get going into the mailbag, a couple of things going back to the pipe show. First of all, go to the Virtual Pipe Club on YouTube and you will see where uh, I did about an hour walkthrough of the pipe show of the NASPC show with the Virtual Pipe Club on Saturday. So that's on YouTube. You can go see that. Uh, and the other thing I forgot to mention was for some strange reason, I was attracted to some large pipes this trip and I'm really don't need any large pipes but that's what was attracting me was large pipes and i can't explain it so i won't even talk about it anymore uh going back to last week's show with uh me and the good dr fred hannah uh, dino writes once again the stroll inside fred's head revealed some fine points about getting the best enjoyment from our pipes and how to look at a future pipe purchase I think your contributions were quite cogent and helpful. By the way, I checked my shoes and it looks like I didn't step in anything yucky while traipsing through Fred's head. <laughs> uh, and then Dino says kudos to Kevin for suggesting the BTO tune. I remember this being played on the radio all the freaking time in the mid 70s. Great rocker. Uh, sadly, your rant was spot on, but every innovation comes with unwanted baggage and the internet is rife with unwanted baggage. Thanks for another always entertaining show, Dino. 
And then Casey Ghost says, entertaining show. It is always a pleasure to listen what is going on inside of Fred's head. He is such a good speaker of the language, and he is, a very, and he is very gifted at explaining things. Uh, Yura, on the other hand, resembles a special education project. <laughs> Whoops, sorry, I wasn't supposed to let other people know that was, uh, that was I. Uh, it seemed like in the mid-70s that every other record you heard was by BTO. I'm not sure whether they were really any good, but they sure were popular and loud. As for the rant, what can you say? Every time something becomes popular, the people who created it just destroy it. Once someone listens to the siren song of money, they get real confused about what their real goal was. While screaming all the while they hate business, they soon become what they most dread, persons of business. As soon as a business gets lawyers and accountants, they lose their way. <laughs> well, thank you, Dan. Um, yeah, always controversial. Uh, and then, uh, boy, we got a big mailbag. So, uh, Spike writes, uh, Brian, Mrs. Spike and I listened to last week's show Thursday on the way to the Columbus Pipe Show and enjoyed, as always, the Fred Hanna segment and, and enjoyed, as always, the Fred Hanna segments. It was a great it was a great pleasure to meet Double Dr. Hanna at the tent Friday, a personable, funny and gracious man. You are also, but we've talked to you many times, so the excitement wasn't as intense. Uh, then I had the honor of meeting your lovely wife on the bench in front of the hotel on Saturday. Much more exciting than seeing either of you two. You're blessed with a fine wim with a fine woman as I am. It was always an exceptional show. Jeff and his crew did a fine job. Best to you and yours, uh, Spike. Yeah, yeah, Spike. And I'll say this: it's always a pleasure to see Mrs. Spike. Uh, getting caught up on a couple of back things. Uh, James writes, Brian, I sincerely appreciate your openness to interviewing pastors and non-pastoral Christians pipe smokers. You, sir, are a true professional and excellent podcast host. Many podcasters blabber on and on before getting to the topic at hand. You move quickly to your subject, which is one of the many strengths of your show. Thank you, Pipe Rookie James. Uh, James, you're welcome. And you know what? My rule is if you're a pipe smoker, you're a friend of mine. Uh, and then going all the way back to show 516, so that'd be about three weeks ago, uh, Bryant writes, before I get to this week's episode, let me thank you for providing an expansive library of great shows to help me pass the long driving days. The soundtrack of my workday is punctuated by happy trails followed by crazy train. <laughs> Um, as for your latest episode, I can't imagine a piper who would not be interested in hearing from a Dr. Watson. He certainly didn't disappoint. Listening to his take on caterpillars and nicotine was intriguing. Great interview. Uh, Billy Squire was a trip back to my youth for sure. It's always fun anticipating what type of music will be included in each episode. Thanks again and keep up the good work, Bryant. Uh, you're welcome. Yeah, I enjoyed the music part. I enjoyed this week's music too. Uh, and then Bryant wrote regarding show 518 from last week. Uh, as usual, I thoroughly enjoyed your latest show. I've heard some good things about the KBV blend uh, tobaccos, and their names are quite intriguing. They're a little pricey for me, however. It was also great to get back inside Fred's head again. Uh, you two doctors dissing on pipes was excellent. Fred's great knowledge and sense of humor were once again on full display. 
Thanks to Kevin for suggesting BTO. It was a great suggestion and song as well. Thanks for always keeping us entertained and keep up the good work. Best regards, Bryant. Oh, you're welcome. I will uh, do my best. Uh, and then Tad writes regarding Ken Byron Ventures uh, opinions. Uh, you asked recently about experience with KBV blends. I've tried about 10, all in the non-aromatic style. My favorites so far are Goblin City and King's Ransom. There is a new one out, Acadian Fleck, a vapor that sounds like it might be right up your alley. The quality of tobacco in the blends always seems top-notch. Uh, on the Of the limited amount I've tried, I haven't found one yet that I wanted to turn into flour mulch. <laughs> well, there you go. All right. Thank you, Tad. And, uh, yeah, that'll wrap it up. Uh, comments, questions, again, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. And uh, rant time is coming up next. There's nothing quite like working in my shop or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. For over 150 years, Peterson has welcomed all pipe smokers. It's the preferred choice of the thinking man and the everyman alike, and our workshop too is a place of hospitality and warmth. Hi, I'm Glenn Whelan, and for me, Peterson is a family tradition I've known since my childhood. My dad, Tony Whelan Jr., worked at Peterson for 53 years and has been my home since 2003. From sweeping our factory on a Saturday morning, to managing our store, to now steering our international distribution, I've seen the craftsmanship poured into each Peterson pipe. It lives in Jason's discerning eye as he handcrafts our silver accents and in Wojciech's able hands as he carves our rustications. It abides in Willie's grading and in Warren's papering. Peterson has welcomed us as contributors to its legacy. And it's a welcome we always extend to you. Cade Milafolge, 100,000 welcomes, wherever you come from, whosoever you be. Take this moment to thank all of you that listen that were at the Columbus show. Uh, numerous, more than I've ever expected or think I've ever had. Numerous people came up to me and said how much they enjoy the show. Thank you for the show. Uh, numerous people came up to my wife, and this is the part she loves about going to the show, and said, oh, you're married to him. I'm so sorry for you. What did you do wrong in a past life? But, you know, all in good jest. Uh, but it really does mean a lot, because here's what happens. I sit here at my desk, and I've got a computer in front of me, and it's got two screens on it, and i am got a microphone and all that stuff, and... You know, I for, uh, you know, it's sometimes it's hard to picture who's listening to the show. And when, uh, yeah, I get the emails all week long. And that's why I find it, I, I think it's important to read the emails and respond to each one as best I can with my limited abilities. Uh, but I, you know, I, I often forget how many people are out there listening and who all's listening and, and stuff like that. 
But when you guys come up to me, and, and you ladies too, when you ladies come up to me and say how much you enjoy the show and how you look forward to it, and, you know, it's just it means a whole bunch to me. So thank you very much. Uh, I even had one gentleman come up to me and say, you know, I discovered the pipes of Jody Davis through you and now have found my favorite pipe maker, and thank you for that. And uh, people that have said, you know, that said to me that, that you're the reason why I came to this show because this is my, you know, my first pipe show and... You know, finally, after finally, I guess after almost ten years of badgering some people, they there's still new people coming to pipe shows, and I love to hear that. That's absolutely great. So, just once again, thank you to all of you out there that came up to me at the show and uh, said hello. It means a ton to me, and I'm humbled by it. So, thank you again. All right, uh, again, email uh, email me Brian at pipesmagazine.com. Comments or suggestions, requests. For all things uh, pipe shows related, upcoming pipe shows, go to pipesmagazine.com and click on the pipe show link and you'll see the most up-to-date list of upcoming pipe shows. And again, I can't recommend how, how much fun they are and how important they are to get to. So thank you to Doug for listening. Uh, thank you to Doug for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in. And until next time. Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley.